0: Hi, and welcome to the first episode of Doing It To Death, the podcast that looks at various aspects of death and dying through the lens of myths, storytelling, and pop culture, and how that influences our views and our uh, opinions on those, those aspects. So today's episode is called The Quest for Immortality, and I really look forward to sharing it with you. Oh, Death, oh, Death, won't you spare me over for another year? The Guardian ran an article by Peter Ward on the 5th of May this year, 2022 titled, Medical Tourists Are Travelling the World in Search of the Elixir of Life. The article talks about the number of people who seek medical or cosmetic treatments overseas each year, which apparently now includes those seeking to prolong their life. Did you know that in 2019, medical tourism was estimated to be worth between 74 and $92 billion? According to the article, stem cell therapy is being used in countries such as the United States, China, India, Thailand, and Mexico, with claims it can extend someone's life by three years. Other treatments being offered are gene therapy and plasmapheresis, which is a method used to remove antibodies when treating autoimmune conditions but is apparently now being touted in France as a way to extend someone's life expectancy by rejuvenating their blood. I invite you to seek out the article if you'd like to find out more about this, or check out Peter Ward's book, The Price of Immortality. But it got me thinking, one, Who would travel overseas and pay money to have stem cell therapy that may, and it's not definitely guaranteed, to only increase your lifespan by three years? Not 30 or 300, three years. That's it. And two, why are we as a species so consumed with living abnormally long lives and wanting to prolong or even try and cheat death? Of course, I jumped onto Google and typed, Why do people want to live forever? into the search bar. Not surprisingly, there were more than 529 million results to that question. Now, obviously, I didn't go through them all, but from what I did read, the consensus seems to be that many people would like to live for hundreds of years, but only if they were in good health and had all their mental faculties, which means that. Not only do most people not want to die, they don't want to get old. Makes sense, right? And we, as members of a capitalist and consumer society, understand this very well. Anti-ageing products and industries make billions of dollars every year off our fear. The concept of immortality, however, has been a common theme in literature for thousands of years, appearing in the ancient Sumerian tale, the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is generally regarded as the earliest surviving piece of literature, as well as a theme in Greek myths and Chinese stories dating back to 1500 BC. In the Epic of Gilgamesh, grief over the death of his friend leads Gilgamesh on a journey to discover the secret of eternal life. At the end of the saga, he learns that, Life, which you look for, you will never find. For when the gods created man, they let death be his share, and life withheld in their own hands. So, what are some of the conditions most of us would want if we were going to live forever? In the myth of Tithonus, which is part of the Homeric hymns, Tithonus demands and is granted immortality but he forgets to also ask for eternal youth. He therefore becomes an old man who babbles endlessly and has strength no more and will have to live forever in that state which to me sounds absolutely terrifying. Gulliver's Travels which was written as a satire by Jonathan Swift in 1726, talks about the Struldbrugs who are considered to be legally dead when they're 80, but they continue to live forever and just keep on ageing. So eternal youth would seem to be the first prerequisite to have a prolonged and perhaps endless life. When thinking about this topic of immortality, the first thing that came into my mind was The Picture of Dorian Gray, written by Oscar Wilde in 1890. Even though it was written as a philosophical novel, it's known these days as more of a horror story, where Dorian Gray sells his soul to remain forever young and beautiful. But as he commits more and more horrific and sadistic acts, His portrait becomes corrupted and degenerate until finally he becomes so disgusted with himself and his behaviour, he stabs the painting in a fit of rage and he dies, becoming withered and decrepit while his painting reverts to what it once was. In the TV series Penny Dreadful, Dorian Gray was joined by other Victorian Gothic characters such as The Wolfman, Jekyll and Hyde. Dracula and Dr Frankenstein. Played by the incredibly beautiful Reeve Carney, Dorian Gray has become cynical and bored, needing more and more debauchery in order to feel anything at all. During the course of the series, he meets the Bride of Frankenstein, who is also immortal, and thinks he's finally found a kindred spirit to spend eternity with needless to say it all ends badly as she's about to leave he says to her the most beautiful speech uh, which of course i'm not going to do justice here but he says to her do you not yet comprehend the wicked secret of the immortal all age and die save you all rot and fall to dust save you Any child you bear becomes a crone and perishes before your eyes. Any lover withers and shrinks into incontinence and bent toothless senility. While you, only you, never age, never die, never fade. Alone. But after a while, you'll lose the desire for passion entirely, for connection with anyone, like a muscle that atrophies from lack of use. And one day you'll realize you've become a beautiful, unchanging (laughs) portrait after all. She then says to him, An eternity without passion, without affection, caring for nothing. And he replies, Small price to pay for such immortal perfection, isn't it? As she's eventually walking away, he says with a sound of resignation in his voice, you'll be back and I'll be here. I'll always be here. So you can't help but wonder what's the point of his life if that's how he's going to be going through the rest of his days. So boredom and loneliness are two more things to be considered when we're chasing immortality. Douglas Adams, in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, dealt with the idea of boredom and immortality in his wonderfully tongue-in-cheek way. The character of Bauric Wowbagger, the infinitely prolonged, decided to deal with his ongoing boredom, which he especially felt on Sunday afternoons, by insulting everyone in the universe in alphabetic order. And when that started taking too long, he decided to start insulting entire planets using a loudspeaker rather than going through everybody individually. So eventually he managed to overcome his immortality and I won't spoil it for those of you who haven't yet read those books or seen The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but he lived quite happily once he'd managed to shake that. So presumably if someone was able to A, Um, achieve immortality while also b having eternal youth and c an equally young companion alongside them to keep them company everything would be golden right going back to the epic of Gilgamesh for a moment Utnapishtim and his wife were the only two humans granted immortality by the gods and that was as a reward for building an ark and undergoing a journey that was remarkably similar to the story of Noah's ark which appeared in the bible some time after the epic of gilgamesh there's nothing in the story to indicate that utnapishtim and his wife were unhappy but funnily enough he tries to discourage gilgamesh from seeking immortality telling him that fighting the common fate of humans is futile and diminishes life's joys. Of course, there's also a more practical outcome to consider. The World Economic Forum published an article on the 4th of April this year, 2022, where researchers and demographers have estimated that 109 billion people have lived and died over the past 192,000 years, not including the almost 8 billion people that are currently inhabiting the Earth. The environmental and social impacts that would result if people never died is absolutely mind-blowing. The genre of science fiction seems to have found a solution to this problem by looking at the idea of uploading someone's consciousness into a computer so that although their physical body might die, they continue to live on in a virtual reality. Now, I won't even try in this space to get into all of the moral, ethical and spiritual questions this brings up around whether this process of mind uploading would really capture the true essence of who a person is Where does the soul come into it? And so many other things that are begging to be discussed. So perhaps that could be the topic for a future episode. I do, however, encourage you to check out some of the many films and TV shows that have dealt with this issue, like the Johnny Depp movie Transcendence, the UK show Years and Years, and particularly the final episode of that series, and of course, Black Mirror the Black Mirror episode called San Junipero deals with this subject in a way that nobody but Charlie Brooker can do. And to bring everything back full circle to where we started, there's a fantastic article in The Guardian by Michael Graziano, which was published on the 20th of October 2019. And it's titled, What happens if your mind lives forever on the internet? In that article, Graziano posits that the real or foundational world would eventually be populated by young people who are still learning and gaining experience, while the virtual or cloud world would quickly become the repository for the balance of power and culture and political connections as all of the accumulated knowledge and experience shifted into that dimension. And on that note, I'm going to wrap things up for today. I hope I've triggered some thoughts, ideas and conversations for you. And I would love to hear your comments, feedback and any suggestions that you have for future topics. Send an email to info at embodiedconnections.com.au or post your comments in the Doing It To Death Facebook group, and let's keep these discussions going. Until next time, take care, and thank you so much for listening. Oh, oh, death, Oh, oh, death, won't you spare me over for another year? Oh, death, oh, death, won't you spare me over for another year?